Welcome to the Vibe Show Podcast with your boy Kano the Don, the Vibe King. And today we have a special guest joining us on the show today. I'm talking about former baseball player, actor, model. This guy wears plenty hats. I'm talking about the one and only Mr. Julian Griffith. What's the deal, baby? What's going on, Absolutely, absolutely, man. How you living? How, what's going on? How you feeling, brother? I'm doing well. Uh, just over here in uh, Los Angeles, got here this morning. You know, here to take care of some business this weekend, so can't complain. Most definitely, you working, you moving around, you working, man. All is well. It's definitely a blessing. And we want to thank you, man, for taking time out of your business schedule to uh, join us on the show, man, today and chop it up with us for a little while, man. I really appreciate that. Hey, no problem. No, I appreciate you all allowing me the opportunity to be on the show. Absolutely, man. You know, um, I just uh, I just find it interesting, man, that, um, the, the you know, playing playing baseball on a professional level. But before we dig into all of this great stuff, man, because um, the listeners are in for a treat today, I wanna um, I wanna go back a little bit, man, to um, to give 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 the listeners a little history on you a little bit, man, to let okay. people know, you know, where all of this stuff originated from. You're also a twin as well, man. Like I thought that that was dope as well. So we got a lot to talk about, man. But <laughs> let's let's go ahead on and uh let's let's dig into it. Let's start from the uh from the beginning, man. Absolutely. So before before um before the modeling, before the acting um opportunities, before uh professional baseball, what was Julian doing? Before the acting, before the modeling the baseball, Julian was a normal kid on the west side of Chicago, just living <laughs> a normal childhood, getting up, playing outside, and focusing on education. Um, I was raised by a single mom, and she's a, a former educator. She's retired now, so uh, with her teaching and being a teacher for over 42 years, you know, grades were important. And if I wasn't at my own school and then we were off, I'm at her school. In her <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Trust me, I know. My mom was my mom. Bro, 45 years in the game. Trust me, I know you got to watch what you say, how you talk. You got yep. your pronunciation got to be right. I feel you, brother. Absolutely. So, yeah, it was good. Um, you know, just normal kid getting up, going outside and playing. And I actually wanted to be a, a Power Ranger. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Before, Come on! Before the acting, before the baseball, I wanted to be a ninja. Like we were in karate class, and uh, we got signed up. And when it was time to pay for the uniforms, uh, we got pulled out of there, and literally pulled out of the class. And my dad sat my brother and I both down and threw baseball gloves in our hands, and was like, "This is what y'all are about to play." So we never even had a choice. <laughs> Look for 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 your fans though. For your fans though, which Power Ranger did you want to be? Oh man, like, God, I was either always either the white or the black ranger, man. Right, I had to. Right, I, I want to be like Tommy. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> So Pop shit everything down, man. Pop said, you know what? Y'all not finna be no Power Rangers. Y'all finna be none of that. Y'all finna pick this baseball up. Y'all finna put this bat in y'all hand, and we finna do this. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was uh, it was tough, uh, you know, because we, we were really, we had our hopes set on being uh, Power Rangers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, uh, when he threw the baseball gloves in our hands, and sat us down and made us watch baseball on TV. I'm like, you know, I don't want to play this. And my dad is a former military uh, personnel, so, you know, military veteran. So very, everything was military and very mm -hmm. stern and cut and dry. So he made me just like I hated baseball. Right. Off, you know, so, uh, yeah, just before the baseball and acting, uh, I wanted to be a ninja, man. 
Man, that is hilarious, man. Who would have known? Who would have known, man? See, they y'all getting the exclusive right now, man. It's the Vibe Show Podcast. Nothing but exclusive, man. Huge guest, man. It's going down. We got Mr. Julian Griffith right now, man, giving us the, the inside scoop on everything, man. This is so dope, man. So, Power Rangers out. Baseball. At what point? Okay, so you and your brother, you both... um. Did you both play on the level or you both started playing on the level and then you advanced and went farther with it or how did that work? Uh, we both started playing uh, at the same age of seven and uh, my brother stopped after college his senior year and I uh, finished, you know, and I finished my college career and I had hopes of getting signed and I battled injuries and politics um, when I was in college, that prevented me from um, my hopes of getting drafted. And so um, then after I graduated college, I got signed as a free agent. So, but, um, yes, my, my brother and I played on the same level all the way until college, every level. Man, together. how was it, you know, speaking on that, how, how was the experience of having a twin, man? How was it that was, experience? You know, it was fun. It had its moments. Uh, it's pros and cons to it. Um, people hold you all because you all are twins and we're identical twins. Everybody held us to, on the same pedestal and everybody expected us to excel equally at things that we did. And it just doesn't work that way. Uh, you know, and both of us were very successful in baseball, but ultimately we chose uh, different paths. Right. And, and, and passions. And so people, like I said, you it's it's that uh, sibling rivalry times 10. Oh, and, wow. you know, siblings are always competing. But then when you're twins, it's like because everybody else is holding you all to the same pedestal or always comparing you all. You, right. You, you know, the, it, that competition, you know, it, it, it sparks even harder, man. But, and, like, so you're pushing yourself. But like I said, the cons are, you know, you that competitiveness, you know, can uh, overshadow mm -hmm. the bigger pictures of motivating and pushing each other at times, though. So. And some of the advantages of having a twin. Ooh, some of the advantages, uh, people uh, couldn't tell us apart. Right, right. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, it was. A lot of people don't know that we're mirror image. Like, he's left-handed, I'm right-handed. So we're literally that's considered mirror image twins. If you were looking at yourself in the mirror. Wow. Um, so we, um, he's left-handed, I'm right-handed. Uh, I was a catcher in baseball. He pitched. And uh, so, like, we were called, like, the dynamic duo. That was, like, the little nickname that we had. So, you know, we, we usually, you know, complimented each other we played off of each other he was a first baseman like I said I was a catcher shortstop you know outfield so I mean I played a little bit of everywhere but um yeah it was it was definitely the fact that people can't tell us apart if I ever got arrested or something like that yeah uh or, or they did a DNA test our DNA is exactly alike wow man. <laughs> yeah so y'all ain't never put no switching rules on nobody or nothing huh yeah. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it, man. <laughs> you, you know. know uh, we never, and we never switch. People always like, did you switch? Did y'all switch on girls all the time? I'm like, no. Um, we were pretty selfish. My brother was more so selfish with the candy girls. Within me, you know, when we were a little younger, but. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> man, so. Moving on, man, um, let's talk about, okay, so due to injuries, um, that kind of kind of slowed that vision down a little bit. Okay, so at what point did you decide and say, you know what, man, I want to I wanna, uh, take, a, take a dip at this acting thing because I see in uh, 2000, man, um, you played the role as uh, Jefferson Albert Tibbs in um, the movie Hardball. 
uh, starring Keanu Reeves, man, and um, Diane Lane. I, that how did that come about? That's huge. Yeah, uh, you, you know what's so crazy is that whole experience was surreal. Um, we had been acting, or we we had gotten an agent at three years old. My mother got us into it, so I was going on several auditions from three to ten years old, and. Um, we had a couple agents at the time and believe it or not, none of our agents got us auditions for that film. My mother's friend heard about it on the radio. They heard, he heard about, they were having an open casting call at Evergreen Plaza Mall in Chicago and they were looking for black kids to play baseball and starring Keanu Reeves. So we actually went down there with the intent to say, okay, we might be able to play baseball on TV. <laughs> <laughs> like you know that yeah. like, that's how I'm like you know I go on auditions all the time I haven't gotten any of those yet right. um, you know I'm like yo it's just hey I'm gonna go why not I like baseball I'm good like let's go ahead and play baseball on TV <laughs> like, <that's laughs> right right why not mm -hmm. man that's and, crazy uh, it was 10,000 kids they had auditions in LA Chicago and New York and I know it's over 10,000 kids that auditioned. And long story short, um, the first audition I went to, we were there for a couple hours waiting. And I went in there and I read. And they were like, hey, can you wait here? And I'm like, uh, sure. Okay, this, I, they never asked me to wait here. <laughs> right, 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 right. You know, um, and they introduced me to an acting coach that's a part of the team and was like, hey, this is so-and-so. Um, he's going to work with you on your facial expressions. We're going to put you in front of a mirror. We want you to see your facial expressions as you read these lines. What? And then we want you to come back in and do it. So I'm like, okay. You know, they split us up into groups and all that. So he, they were like, yeah, we, he, we want him to work with you on your facial expressions. So um, <clears throat> I did that. I go in and I read, and you know you get the usual thank you. You know we'll right. be in touch type of thing. And you um, and your and, and you and your brother, you, you and your brother um, auditioned, right? Yes. Okay. We both okay. auditioned, and I I was the one who beat everyone out for the role, including my brother. Wow. Yes. Okay. Um. Yeah. It was it was great, man. Uh, I, we had about six or seven. I, I had about six or seven auditions for Hardball before I officially got it. Man. And, a lot of people don't realize that uh, Jefferson Albert Tibbs was me in real life. I had asthma in real life, and I had a lisp, of course, and I was <laughs> I was chubby. I was overweight. <laughs> right. Uh, so um, that was literally me. Like, n you know, I'm not tooting my own horn, but I don't think anybody could have played that role better than me. <laughs> man, <laughs> it, hey, it, and, it was and me naturally. You know what's crazy about it, man? That was one of my um, one of my favorite movies, man. And and now. I got to go back and watch it again, man. You know what I mean? Because that's that's crazy. So, like, that experience at that young of an age, did that kind of spark something there? Or, you know, with you just being a kid, hey, going through the motions, hey, yo, this is great, you know, being in this movie. How how, how did you how did you handle that? Um, It was definitely an adjustment. It was definitely an adjustment because here I am, this 10-year-old kid making five figures. Right. <laughs> first, my first job ever. I mean, like, I've done print ad modeling prior to that. So I used to be in children's school books. Right. So, you know, you see kids holding up clocks and stuff in the school books. Yeah. Like, I used to do that type of stuff before I got the acting role. Wow. So, so um, you already kind of was kind of comfortable with, you know, the camera and all that type of stuff. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, I was very shy. I was very shy as a kid. Um, I didn't, believe it or not, and people don't believe me, I didn't even want to go into my last audition. Jules, I, 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 I don't believe it. I, it's hard for me to believe right now, man. I'm telling yeah. you, you, if you follow, if you, if you, you guys follow Mr. Julian Griffith, you should follow him. Uh, it's the Julian Griffith at the Julia Griffith on uh, Instagram. This guy's amazing. I mean, just your stuff, your stuff. You know, I really like the one where the camera is coming across and it don't, it's, it's no you. And then it's like, oh, I was waiting on you. You know what I mean? Like, 
I, I love it. I love it, man. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, man. It, I've, I've gotten a lot better. Um, I'm 29 now. So, um, you know, back then I was very shy. So it, it was it was definitely an adjustment um, to be made. I mean, once I filmed, that was different, you know, but that audition process, people just sitting there literally staring at you and trying not to show any emotion. Right. Keep everything neutral. As a kid, you know, you we, we feed off of energy and, and face to face. We look for, you know, the reassurance and the faces and the voices. And so um, when you don't get that stuff, it was making me more uncomfortable. And I was like, I did not want to go in there. My mom called my dad. He was a truck driver at the time. And they were trying to get me to go in. I'm like, no, I'm not going. Right. My brother trying to get me to go in. She bribed me literally with $20 <laughs> to go in there. <laughs> my, my brother pops his head out. Of, uh, we had a, a Lincoln Town and Country minivan. Yeah. And yeah. my mom goes, I'll give you $20, Julian, if you go on this audition. She's like, you've been going all this time. Why y'all want to go in? I'm like, these people just sit there and stare at you. Yeah. They don't say anything. And, yeah. and so she's like, I'll give you 20 And my brother pops his head out. I was like, Julian, do you know how many Pokemon cards we can give you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I went. <laughs> I know that's right. I would have went too, man. That's crazy. Yeah, man. Yo, um, so South Holland, man, the private school. You you guys always went to private school. Um, you guys never went to public school. You always attended private. Actually, half and half. I was always in public school and private. Uh, I was about half because, um, oh man, I I I grew up on the outside of. I was on the west west side of Chicago, right on the in the suburbs. So sometimes I went to school in Chicago public schools. Sometimes I went to school in my suburban public schools. Sometimes I did the private schools. So my mom would literally bounce us like in and out. You know, right. um, in high school we went full private. Um, my mother wanted the quality education. You know, wanted to make sure, and so. Um, no, it was it was about half and half. It was a, pre, a pretty good mix. But yeah, South Holland, Seton Academy, Seton Academy High School. With the experience in both, um, which at this point, which looking back on that, which one would you say that um, you you really was you really was vibing from, and you really got the most out of between public, public or, and uh, private, uh, private or high school? Yeah, yeah, public or private high school. Um, I got the most out of the private school, I want to say, because I moved out to the south suburbs when I was 13 years old, you know, so here here I am, being living on the west side of Chicago for 13 years, got my friends over there, we had a two-flat apartment building, never had a house yet, um, you know, the neighborhood was not the best neighborhood at all, but this right. is what I was comfortable with. This is what I knew. Um, my mother was; she did a very good job of keeping us out of the streets and around and out of, away from the people who were bad influences, who we did know, you know, were connected with. So she made sure to keep our heads on properly, and I think that move was very beneficial for her and for us because thirteen at that age. Um, I was ready to move to L.A., man. I was like, after Hardball came out when I was 11, and it was, I was hot, man. I'm getting auditions for all type of movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm like, man, I'm like, Mom, what are we doing here? Let's quit your job and yeah. go to L.A. <laughs> I'm like, let's go ahead and strike the iron while the kettle's hot. And she's like, we can't just pick up and leave. I'm like, why not? <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> like, like, I'm like, yeah. like oh, why? You know, and she's like, no, it's not that simple. You know, we got to have stability and everything out there, man. So we actually, at 13 years old, we made a deal that I was not comfortable with at the time, but I grew to appreciate it. Um, she asked me to walk away from acting until I finished high school. Oh. Um, and it was very, and she was like, I want you to have a normal childhood. I want you to be able to remember where you come from. I want you to have the humble beginnings, and I want you to be able to understand what no means. Right. I don't want you to be screwed up like these Disney kids, you know, right. we grew up watching. So, um, I didn't like it at first, but, um, it turned out to be, you know, very humbling. It was a major adjustment. Um, 
I was still going to auditions, but I just wasn't pursuing it uh, full time. I was focused more on baseball. So, right. Um, definitely the private school uh, experience was a major adjustment, like I said, because when we moved, you know, that whole thing was just something, just that agreement alone, that deal we made until 18, that was hard in itself. You know? Right, right. And I mean, you know, if you think about it, <clears throat> looking back at it now, you know, mom mom, uh, pretty much saved you from a whole bunch of stuff, you know, because sometimes yeah. moving too fast, sometimes, you know, you can you can crash and burn. You know, you can, you know, so, you know, by, the, you know, by you going through the proper steps and, and going through it the way that you went through it, it, I think it made you more humbler and, and, you know, appreciate things more yeah. and value things more. And, and, you know, you work harder too. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the pilot, uh, the pilot for the in crowd, um, let's talk about that, man. Why, why, what, what happened with that? Oh, we got a side there. That must be something that you really wanted to go, and and, and they, they screwed it up, man. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, so I was 20 years old when um, I auditioned for this TV pilot. What happened was I tore my UCL in college. The White Sox expressed interest in me. I was creating film for the White Sox at the time, and I ended up tearing my UCL, which is like the ACL tear, but in the elbow. Right. Um, and the popular name of it for baseball people is Tommy John surgery. Wow, okay. So, um, I tore it, didn't know I tore it at the time. Early on, I was rehabbing and everything, relaxing, and I found out that my my ligament was hanging on by a thread. Pretty what? Much, and they actually looked at it, yeah. And so, um, so while I couldn't play baseball my junior year, the White Sox were no longer interested because I was already at a small school. They were already taking a chance on me. And so it was kind of like once I got hurt, it was like, oh, okay, no thanks. Right. Um, so uh, the opportunity presented itself because I wanted to get back into acting. And I had some downtime, you know, because I wasn't playing. And I saw this. It was a, a black, uh, you know, media team, black writers, black director, um, a Christian message, um, a very clean message about, you know, uh, a former gang member slash basketball player that ends up becoming uh he leaves his um home life in chicago moves to florida with his grandparents comes back he's saved now um he's a he's a christian he's trying to clean himself up but when he comes back all of the old friends that he had from his past kind of bring that other side of him out and he's trying to balance it you know and right i was playing him Stephen Willis was his name he was a basketball he was an all-american in basketball in high school so um I'm like you know this is perfect I'm like this is a sports movie I'm like it's a clean positive message for black people and um I'm like it's black owned and I was like this would be a great start long story short I didn't know until after I did research that me being union um in the Screen Actors Guild I was actually violating my rights because it was considered non-union. So I took a major pay cut. What? Yeah. And I didn't, you know, I'm young. I didn't know who you think. I mean, I've been union since I was 10 years old. You thought I read the contract like that? You know, can we explain, um, can we explain union for, for our listeners so they can have a better understanding when you, uh, speak that terminology? Okay. So union, I'm screen actors guild. That's SAG you'll see like the SAG Awards and everything like that on TV. So Screen Actors Guild means that if you join, that means you've had enough on-screen camera time and lines that you become eligible. And then you, just like any union, you have to pay that membership, you know, to, to enroll or sign up. So I had it because Harbaugh, I was a principal. I was on the DVD cover. I was not 80% of the script. So um, I, I was SAG. My first acting role I was I was able to join with no problem. I think right. it was like three thousand dollars to join back then. Wow! And um, so I had been sagged this entire time. Like even when I took a break, I was still paying my union dues twice a year. Right. So um, so I did this not paying attention. Um, I took the major pay cut, and they were paying me per episode. Oh. Now union union, they have contracts in place for us. So uh, whatever uh, production you're a part of. 
they have a contract with SAG if they want to use you. And then that means that your rate is set, period. Oh, you know? okay. And so, you know, my rate was nowhere near, <laughs> nowhere near what it, it should have been when I was doing this TV pilot. Right. So I took the major pay cut because I'm like, I love the message. It was getting looked at by several different big networks. BT was looking at it. Um, a couple other networks we were told uh, were looking at it and wanted to pick it up. So I did the first episode. All right, cool, no big deal. Go into the second episode. Finish that. they like, all right, boom, we about to go to the third. I was like, hold on. I haven't got paid for my first two. What? They were like, uh, yeah, haven't gotten paid. None of us have gotten paid. And um, the director was like, oh, well, uh, when we have the premiere, like, your, your pay is going to come out of the tickets. And I was like, no, no, no. Oh, no. That's your job, and that is not <laughs> what was in our contract. Yeah. Because you, I don't, I, my, my responsibility is to be an actor here. Right. Your responsibility is to get the money in your budget and whatever it is. I don't care if we never had a premiere, I was supposed to be getting paid. That's right. And so we called the director, me and one of the other leads, he played my best friend in the show. We sat down, we, we talked to her on the phone and we explained to her like, we're not going to continue until we get paid for the first two episodes. She was saying how, you know, we got to sell, sell tickets to the premiere. Oh, And I'm like, so God. I got to raise my own money to get paid? <laughs> Come on. Right. So I was like, you know, this is bad business. And so I walked away. He walked away as well. And to show you how God works, it never came out. And they couldn't replace us. We were two of the leads. They never replaced us. So wow. the production fell through. Yeah, I know they're sitting back looking at that right now. Like, uh, you know, you know, because... Those things right there, you know, you would think that people would have those type of things in position before you recruit all these different people who's expecting to get paid and expecting a certain type of thing. And then, you know, as things are, are progressing and the work is being put in, you know, and then you don't have anything to offer. It's like, yo, like, what did we... And I'm pretty sure there were contracts in, in, in place, right? Were there any? Uh, did you did you guys go to court with any of that, or you kind of just kind of just walked away from it all? No, all I did was ask. I said, "Hey, you know what? I'm not even worried about it. Pay me the money and continue." They didn't want to do it. They were saying they didn't have it. Then I said, "Okay, you know what? Look, I'm walking away. Only thing I'm at, I'm not even asking for the money. Give me the footage so mm. I can use it for my acting reel." Right. Oh, I gotta find it. What? I was like, so you mean to tell me you lost two whole episodes? Come two on, whole episodes. Man. Just like that. And um, then I was like, man, just give me my headshots. Like, <laughs> you, you drug that on so long. I mean, you took pictures of us. Like, give me something. Oh, never, my I, God. Never got it, man. Come never on. Never got it. Couldn't get nothing. No. So I was like, man, you know, I'm going to be all right with or without you all. So I was like, you know, we, we just walked away. And we don't laugh every time we talk about it. Right. Memories about it and stuff like that. And they be like, Julian, before I even come in, they be like, Julian, watch your mouth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't say anything. <laughs> with, um, man, with, 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 with getting a feel and a taste of, of being in the business, man, you know, the ups and downs and stuff, um, like, what, what would you say is the most thing that you 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 watch out for the most with learning and coming into business at such an early age what did you learn over time to to kind of watch out for as far as in the business because the business can get kind of wicked at times man yeah absolutely um watch out for typecast um and what that simply means is <laughs> whenever you do something big in hollywood Whatever they see you introduced as, they assume that's how you're going to be for the rest of your life. And they assume oh. that that's what you're comfortable with. So I tell a lot of actors trying to get into the game or new into it, like, be wise in choosing your roles. Um, you know, things I watched and said it best. He's like, your career is not going to be defined on the roles you pick, but the roles you turn down. And <clears throat> I've turned down multiple roles. Um, because I knew that as a kid, once I did hardball, every audition I got was for another overweight or chubby kid. 
or a chubby teenager. Right. Um, just to name a couple films that you, that you all be familiar with. Um, uh, Gridiron Gang with The Rock. Yeah. I was 14 or 15 years old in an audition for Madlock, the DN that couldn't read. Come on. It was like 6'4". I'm 5'9 now. <laughs> wow. So I was like 5'5 five, five back there. Yeah. Um, Bad Santa with Billy Bob Thornton, the chubby white kid, was supposed to be a black kid. I had three auditions for that movie. I swore up and down I was about to get it. Ended up switching into a white kid. But see, another chubby role. Fat Albert, that was played by Keenan Thompson. Yeah. Guess who they asked me to audition for? Who? Fat Albert. Are you serious? Yes. And one, I'm, I'm light-skinned. And two, I'm not even close to that big. I was 15 or 16 years old when they asked me to audition for that, too. Um, I was typecast. Um, put a lot of roles. And like I said, it's pros and cons to that. So for me, knowing that when I reintroduced myself, as an adult when I got back into mainstream acting, I had to be very wise about the roles I took because I knew that once people saw, oh my God, this is Julian or this is Jefferson Avril Tibbs and this is how he looks now, whatever I introduced myself as, that is what I'm comfortable with right. in their eyes. And right. so I've had, you know, and I love everybody the same. I'm a, I'm a Christian. I love everybody the same. I don't judge, but I've had roles that I had to say no to because I was not comfortable with the... Um, sexual orientation or the lifestyles, right? And um, I have big. It was a. It was a couple. It was two mm-hmm. TV pilots. Um, just to show you how this works, I will show you how the industry works. Um, I had a casting director that reached out to me. Um, he would reach out to me personally and say, "Hey, look, I got this um, project coming up. I would love to come. Have you come in and audition?" I'm like, "Cool. Send me this uh, script." He's like, "I know you've been looking for a, a, a comedic role." He's like, I want you, you want people to see that you're funny and that you have a comedic side. So this is a new TV pilot. It's going to be big, blah, blah, blah. Um, he was like, you, you'll be playing uh, the comedic relief in the uh, sitcom. I was like, great, absolutely. Send me this uh, script. He's like, all right, yeah, send it. He's like, I know they're going to want you. All you got to do is come in the audition. So I get the script. Um, the guy is, the character is extremely flamboyant right gay like fresh out the closet oh like, my they, god like very extra and you know before i automatically say no i always tell i have a tip i always say like if i if i sound believable to myself then i'll sound believable to everybody else right. if i don't sound believable to myself then i know i won't be believable to the audience so i read you know i read it i <laughs> i even had my mom read with me i was like my I, was, I, I got this script uh for an audition you know let me know I'm going to read it. You know, she's like, no, you don't even seem natural doing it. And so to show you how it works, I text the director, the casting director. I was like, ah, I'm not, I'm not really feeling the script. I, didn't, I couldn't get into it. Yeah. And um, he was like, uh, so you just, I'm like, that's the comedic role you've been looking for. The, the pay is going to be well and everything. I was like, yeah, I'm sorry. I understand that. But it's just, I can't, I'm not believable. I'm yeah. not believable. Yeah. Some, this is something I cannot relate to. And um, to show you how the industry works, I turned that down. That audition was for a Thursday. And I'm talking to him on Wednesday now, the day before the audition. He had a, once I canceled the day, I have another audition for you tomorrow. It's a, it's a football movie, high school and all that. I'm like, why didn't you tell me about the high school football one first? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, of course, I didn't get it because I think I rubbed him the wrong way. Yeah. Because yeah. I turned down the other role. So, um, but that he had that sports one all along. But he decided to come to me with the, um, the, the you know, the gay uh, sitcom. And to show you another way how God works, that sitcom never came out. Never came out. <laughs> never came out. And then there was another one for WCIU or the U. Or they used to be UPN, all that. Um, I auditioned for that. They wanted me. The director person reached out to me and was like, hey, I want you as between you and this other guy, but we want the experience. Right. And this is when I was in I was in college or like a year out of college as well. And um, I read, he didn't, he just told me, you, you know, it was the script about two brothers and they had, and one has a son. So 
So I'm thinking, all right, cool. You know, I'm all, I, I did my own monologue, so there was no sides for it. That means I came in with my own, you know, thing to get put together for the audition, and that's it. So they loved my audition. He said, like, I want, I'm really interested in you. I want the person with the experience and who's going to drive this series. Right. And so he was like, I just need to ask you a couple questions. I'm like, what's up? I know, I mean, what you want, I mean, you told me it's about two brothers. One yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and um, he was like, uh, how you, how you feeling, how do you feel about, uh, you know, being a homo, in a homosexual role? I said, well, okay, oh. well, tell me what type of homosexual, you know, because I said I can do something like jokingly, like, you know, how Terry Crews was. Yeah, even yeah, you know, yeah. You know, that, that's, that's implied, but it was literally funny, you know, um. You know, I was like, I can do something like that. You know, where it's like, it's literally just, it's, it's joking, you never saw anything, and it's just, it's literally comedic. But, um, he was like, you won't have to do any on-camera intimacy. It'll be verbally expressed that, um, you are, or you had just came out of the closet to being gay, but you're very masculine. Like, there's nothing flamboyant about you. He was like, we can even put a clause in the contract that says you don't have to kiss or do anything. So I said, okay. Um, let me think it over. I talked to my mentor at the time. Um, my mentor was also my, my baseball hidden instructor and um, guy. He was one during my uh, professional career. <clears throat> so I, I talked to him about everything. And he was like, you know, you know the answer already because you, you, your first instinct when you told me about it, it told me everything. He was like, right. the first thought. Anytime you, he's like, if you're second guessing it, then you probably shouldn't do it. And so, um, I asked the director to change the lifestyle, and he got offended. I was like, listen, I was like, it's a couple things. He was like, why? What's the problem with the role? And I said, look, one, I was like, you, it's a business for you, right? He was like, yes. I'm like, you want to make money, right? Yes. I was like, you want to keep your show on the air, right? Yes. Good. I was like, you know. And just to show you how recent it was, I was like, you know, Empire just came out, and that's the number one rated show on TV right now. Right. And I was like, you want to compete, right? Yeah. I was like, you know, they cater to the LGBT community. I was like, so now what? If the, if it comes down to it, do you break the clause of my contract, and then you go ahead and you have me do the things that you told me I wouldn't have to do? Uh. And then... Um, I'm like, because at the end of the day, it's still a business. Right. You can tell me anything, but when your money is starting to be compromised, then you will have to make some changes. That's anybody. So Man. I was like, yeah, I'm not. I can't do it. He was like, what do you suggest? I was like, can you make me a bail home? <laughs> I know, <laughs> right? <ridiculous>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, yo, I was like, I got my pastors and stuff from church, all my church people on my social media. I was like, I can't. And on top of that, I was like, I'm not getting typecast again. I was like, the moment I come out as this groomed, light-skinned man, that's it. everybody automatically assumes I'm either gay or a male whole now. Ex exactly. So I was like, let me, I was like, why? People aren't going to take me serious the moment I come back. I'm reintroducing myself as this. And he was like, well, isn't being a male whole against your uh, moral beliefs? I'm like, yes, it is. However, I can relate to it. Ex yeah, yeah, I like yeah. I like women, and I can come back from it. The role, I'm like, you're not about to Tyler Perry me and put me in a dress, pretty much, you know, and then try to play Alex Cross. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? Hey, you, you so, know what's crazy, though, man? That like, like you know, asking you, why do you think that, that that's so? Because I'm seeing that a lot going on lately. And it's like, the transition is being made. It's it's, it's almost like it's apps. It's necessary in every show, every movie. It has to be a moment or something yep. where it happens. Like, can we touch on that just a little bit? Yeah, um, it, you're absolutely correct. It, it there always has to be a moment. The reason why is because. That's the biggest, that is the biggest movement out right now. Right. Outside of the women empowerment movement. And, and you know, like I said, it's a business. So it could be somebody that's completely against it. Right. But when, but, but a lot of people turn their uh, backs and turn their turn a blind eye when their money is involved. Right. So understand that you could be completely against it. But, yo, if, if I can gain 5 million people, 5 million viewers to watch my movie or watch my TV series because I'm endorsing them, and I'm embracing them, and I'm encouraging them. Now I can be an avid, a quote-unquote advocate 
you know, I got this uh, power. Door, and, door, and yeah, those magic doors going to open up then. Man, that's that's, that's, that's that's crazy though, that. man. That's so crazy, it, man. and it's almost to the yeah. point to where you can't even really say nothing because you can you can be blackballed or banned. Yeah, because yeah. they that power. They, it's it's just that strong over there on that side. Mm-hmm. It's, it, that's why I even watch what I say with certain things. You know what I mean? And I work with people. Um, I have friends that are gay and everything. Like I said, I love everybody the same. I just know how this industry does us at times. And yeah. That's why I tell people, you got to be very mindful. When you get new into acting, oh, everybody's excited. The moment you receive a role, everybody's going, yes, yes, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. You know, it's my first role. Yeah. Like, no, take your time. What God has for you is for you. And if you're going to get a really a genuine role, if it's meant to be, it's going to be. But you don't just hop on every opportunity that comes your way because not every opportunity is a good opportunity. Right, right. But uh, it's, let, let's talk about like the um, the future, man. You know, like you out there, right? You in LA now, um, out there working. Um, w- like, what what can we look for in the future, man? Like, what what what, what projects you got going on? Um, well, definitely, um, I ventured into music. I have a song out right now called "Don't Call Me." I dropped it New Year's Day. Come on, well, it's been played in multiple states, so I do sing. Um. Uh, I do that. Um, you can see me recently on Chicago PD, Proven Innocent, the new show on Fox. Um, I just got done filming another TV show that will be on Amazon Prime either at the end of this year or early next year. I can't release the title because they didn't give us the okay yet. Right. Legal purposes. But I can say that the moment I do get the clearance, I'll announce it. But I did film that. I filmed last week. Well, well, when you get the clearance on that, uh, Jew, you coming back on here to uh, release that? Now we need the exclusive, now, my brother. Sounds good. You know what Sounds I mean. Good. <laughs> we need. I want the exclusive on whatever endeavors that you got going on, whatever projects getting ready to jump out. I want my fans and my listeners, your fans, your listeners. We want them to have the exclusive, man, to get that first right here on the Vibe Show podcast. Absolutely, sounds good. So yeah, yeah, I'll definitely release that information to you all. Um, you can be out on the lookout for a short film I did called Tran Heist. That was another character I played a, a strip club drug dealer. Oh, the suit and tie, similar like Ghost on Power. Yeah, yeah. So this was a different character for me. That I was like, I wanted to try to tackle. Um, so I kind of like channeled my inner Nino Brown. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was like, you know, this is something I've been wanting to do. So um, I did that. And uh, actually, uh, I meet with a director this Sunday in L.A. Um, was offered a, a movie role, no audition or anything. And Come on. Like, we want to. It's up to you. So I'm, I'm in the process of reading the script, and I'll be meeting with him. So um, I'll, I'll be working on that film most likely. I just don't want to announce it yet until I'm under contract, you know. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, we want to secure secure the bag first, Jew. Exactly. You know what I mean? Secure the bag <laughs> exactly. first, baby. We got to get this money. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I'm, I'm definitely, uh, that opportunity presented itself, actually, believe it or not, two days ago. Congratulations, um, man. Thank you. Man. Thank you. Uh, uh, God is good, and he's working, he's moving. And, um, you know, I own my own baseball and softball training company. I, um, called Juiced Up Athletics. I officially launched in January and it's been doing really well. I train out of a facility in Chicago Heights and another facility in Itasca, Illinois, but I'm the mobile traveling sports instructor where we come to you and we'll train your kids and run camps and individual lessons. So I took my experiences of playing professional baseball, signed three pro contracts, played in Texas for the Fort Worth Cats in 2014, Ellensburg Bulls in 2015, and I played in Puerto Rico in their winter league against their double-A competition in 2016. Um, and battled injuries, but uh, had a, have a personal time, so I walked away from the game in 2016 uh, professionally. I still played for fun. Um but I turned down my overseas. I had top leagues in Germany, France, Czech Republic, Austria, um, offering me uh, contracts to play overseas in 2016, and I, I turned them down. Um, Come on. And, what, what was it, the money, or you just didn't want to go overseas? Some some of them were the money. It was two opportunities I was going to take, one in Germany and one in Austria. They had amazing deals. My baseball agent was like, take it. My dad was like, take it. And by the time I made it official, 
um, they had went with a pitcher instead because they can only bring one American player over there every year. Oh, really? Um, for their team. But I found out that I have German blood in me because I'm mixed. Um, I still identify as black, but um, I have German blood. I'm like, man, if I would have known that, man, it about me. <laughs> for real? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I, the money was good. The one was taking care of my, my flights there. They were giving me a car, an apartment, a cell phone, medical insurance, the full works. Man, we got a fan. We got a fan. Um, um, Baton Rouge underscore thirty four underscore four season. He said, uh, "Juiced up." Uh, what again? Okay, can we can we get him that juiced up information again, man? So he can go and check that out. Yes, um, my social media handle on Instagram is Ju Athletics Life. On Instagram again, Ju Athletics Life. It's Juiced Up Athletics. I'm the mobile training, uh, sports training company where I travel to you. My instructors travel to you. We do baseball and softball. We run big camps. We do state camp, out of state camps, local camps. We work with teams, big groups, um, leagues, um, and like I said, we do individual lessons. So Juiced Up Athletics. Um, we are training your kids, quality training at an affordable price. Nobody will beat our prices because I wanted to give back. And it was something I never had any lessons. I never had lessons until I was 24 years old. When I tell my clients that, they're shocked. Right. I've never, I was like, that was after I signed my first pro contract and I got released to Texas. I was like, I never had any lessons. And I was like, so I want to give the opportunities that I wish I had when I was a kid to other people who can't afford it and the ones who can't afford it because I believe that everybody deserves a chance. Everybody deserves that opportunity. And had I known what I know now back then, I probably would have gotten drafted out of high school. If somebody was training me, like the way I train people. And so I want to give back. You know, I, I want I want those kids to be encouraged in, in baseball and softball. And I mentor them. You know, I mentor. It's not just about baseball and softball, but we talk about life. Right. We, uh, the parents come and speak to me about academics because I'm not just a baseball player. I do have a college degree. I graduated an elementary education degree in a middle school and high school science endorsement. So I can teach middle school and high school science and I can teach elementary education. So I was never the typical dumb jock. My mom pushed us with her being a teacher. I went into the teacher field. First black man to graduate from the education program at my college, College Mid College of St. Joseph. Right. Um, And so... That's Great. a lot. That's oh a lot God. that you. That's a lot that you offering right there. That 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 sounds amazing, man. You guys go check it out, man. Uh, put that out there again. That's Juiced Up Athletics. Yes, Juiced Up Athletics is the t- is the name of my company. The social media is Ju Athletics Life on Instagram, and you can find us and the same thing on Twitter. Ju Athletics Life. That's on Instagram and on Twitter. You guys go and look that up. Jew, man, listen, I really, really enjoyed you. We're going to have to come back on here so we can talk more about the um, athletics program that you uh, developed. I want to put that out there a little bit more. It sounds like something that's that's definitely going to be amazing. So we definitely want to plug into that. So we got to get with you within your schedule and try to get you back on here just so we can talk about just that because I think that deserves a little attention on that. That's amazing. Um, absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. Listen, if you had an opportunity to talk to a room full of people, man, full of people who had desires to do something, but just didn't have the confidence, just didn't have the words of encouragement, um, just needed an uplift and you had an opportunity to speak to that room, what would you tell them? I would tell them. Pray, seek God on whatever you're doing, trust your heart, trust your judgment, and understand that anything worth having in this life does not come easy, and it's a grind regardless. And I always tell people, you'll never meet a champion that became a champion doing the bare minimum. And when you put it in that perspective... You'll never meet a Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Derek Jeter, Alex Rodriguez, Robinson Cano, who did the bare minimum and became champions. These guys busted their butts. They did more. They went above and beyond. And the moment you find that killer instinct in you, 
you can't teach that. It has to come out of you. And so the moment you have that in whatever it is you're doing in life, then that's when you're going to be successful. The moment you desire to put everything on the line, be patient, and when your time comes and the opportunity presents itself, you're ready. Because if you stay ready, you never got to get ready. Wow. Man, listen. Y'all heard it right there. Plenty inspiration, plenty jewels being dropped right there from my brother, Julian Griffith. Right now, y'all definitely check out the Juiced Up Athletics program. Definitely check that out. Um, and do you guys have a website um, for, for the program? It's actually currently being built, but it will be J-U. It should be J-U Athletics. Okay. Okay. That, we bought the name, but it's currently being built. So it's in the process of being built. Cool. But cool. you can reach me on all of the social medias to um, uh, encourage, you know, to inquire about lessons or camps. Right. Let's and let's put them social platforms out there again for um, all of the fans, all of the new fans you've acquired, all of the listeners, old listeners. Let's put that out there for them to be able to connect with you, my brother. Yes. Yeah, so my personal account on Instagram, you all can follow me at at the Julian Griffith. That's all one word at the Julian Griffith um, on Twitter. My personal one is at the Julian Griff with two F's. Again, Twitter at the Julian Griff and my Juiced Up Athletics, my business page on Instagram is JU Athletics Life. On Twitter, JU Athletics Life. And on Facebook, Juiced Up Athletics. Look for the wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Look for the wolf. Hey. Look for the wolf. Jew, if and 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 for the people that any booking agents or whatever is it is it a, a certain way that they can get in touch with you? I know they have to go through a a process or a particular person or whatever. Is it? Can we put that out there? Yes. If you all want to book me for an event or an engagement or a role, you can contact my publicist, Upscale PR, and her email is info dot upscale PR at gmail.com again info got upscale pr at gmail.com shout out to my one of my best friends leslie man over there at uh upscale doing the major things doing it big that's my girl right there man yes she's amazing Jew, i want to thank you again for man coming on here man showing us so much love blessing the platform man with your greatness man and again you gotta come back you know that, right? Absolutely. We're not done. <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we definitely not done, man. There's too much big stuff going on. Listen, we're going to let this man get out of here. This man is out there in L.A., man, taking care of business, getting to that bag, man. We're going to let him oh, get yeah. out of here and do his thing. Again, thank you again, my brother. We're wishing you more blessings and success in your career, in life, and over your family, man. Thank you again, my brother. Thank you, and God bless you as well. It's the Vibe Show Podcast with your boy Kano the Don, the Vibe King, and my special guest, Mr. Julian Griffith. We out.